0: Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy and thank you very much for making the effort to listen to my podcast, and in particular, this episode. Before we get started, uh, if you want to support this podcast, there are a couple of ways of doing it, and I won't spend too much time talking about this, of course. Uh, I am currently in the running, along with a number of other fantastic podcasts, to win a most popular vote for the Australian Podcast Awards. Uh, That is run by the Castaway Awards uh, group, and you can go over to castawayawards.com.au and go to the popular vote section. There are a whole range of amazing Australian podcasts there, including yours truly. And uh, it's very easy. You can uh, vote for as many uh, different podcasts as you'd like. Uh, There's a couple of uh, fellow friends that have got podcasts there, including Pod Kembler and Screwins & Co Breakfast Show. So definitely give them a a vote. But uh, check out some of the other ones there as well. Uh, There's so many that I wasn't even aware of that existed. So... uh, Uh, It's uh, great to see that uh, the podcast medium is growing and uh, getting bigger and better. So you can get on there, vote for the podcast. That uh, is a great way to give uh, myself this podcast a little bit more exposure to more people. Uh, other ways to do it is a very easy way is on social media, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and I think I'm I'm I am on t- Tumblr, but I never look at it really. It's sort of synced up to all these other ones that I use. But find me on social media, find the episodes um, also on YouTube. Of course, all the podcast episodes also are uploaded to YouTube and uh, share, like, comment, all those social media actions that, uh, that we all do. Um, one little click or a couple of clicks goes a long way to reaching more people, which shows up in more people's feeds on their smartphones or on their laptops and whatnot. So it's, um, it's, it goes a long way. Finally, uh, if you want to do something a little bit more and you shop on Amazon, you can use the Amazon portal uh, link on my website, which is andysocial.net. Uh, you'll see the Amazon portal link on there. And uh, what it does, it takes you to the Amazon shopping page. Nothing changes about your shopping experience, but what does happen is that I get a very small percentage of what you purchase. It's a very, very tiny amount, but when a lot of you do uh, contribute or do order via uh, my special link on my website, it, uh, it does add up and it helps with the uh, monthly uh, podcast costs that I uh, that I incur each month or each week or whatever it might be. I'm not big on the whole crowdfunding or asking for money or anything as such. So this Amazon option is quite good because you don't have to actually spend any money um to me directly, you just shop as you normally do, and I just get a little bit of a commission for referring you guys to Amazon via my unique link. So that's there on antisocial.net if you do shop on Amazon. Moving along, this episode is one that I have been umming and ahhing about for the past 12 months. Uh, Tony Barber is somebody who, in my opinion, and I don't say this lightly, is an Australian icon. If you're an international listener, um, get onto YouTube, look on via Google, Um, I'll have it actually, go to antisocial.net, I'll, I'll have a bunch of different things in the show notes so you can get a bit of a, an understanding of uh, who Tony Barber is and, and the career that he has had over the years. Uh, but he's an Australian icon. He has uh, hosted a whole number of uh, very popular Australian TV shows, um, uh, The Great Temptation, Family Feud, and, of course, Sale of the Century here in Australia uh, and and uh, he's a gold Logie winner. Um, he's also been heavily involved in radio for for decades. He's uh, also released music. He's a singer and a performer, which I actually forgot in our interview when I was talking to him. He brought it up and he completely, uh, completely forgot about it and it just shows uh, how multi-talented uh, Tony's been over the years and how many different uh, uh, aspects of, I guess, the entertainment and media industry that he's been able to uh, – to spread himself across and, and be quite versatile, which is something that we we, we touch on quite a bit in this episode. Um, now, I've ummed and ahed about uh, speaking to Tony. I actually reached out to him about a year ago um, and uh, I did um, ask about doing a podcast episode and he did show some interest and then got a bit gun-shy and just didn't follow through with it and I let it go. And then since then I did read his, uh, his book, which... Um, is one that's from a few years ago, but it's still around. You can find it pretty easily. It's called Who Am I, Tony Barber, and it's a um, it's an autobiography of, of his life and it's it's really, really interesting. And I and I spent some time reading it and, and it was only recently that um, I looked back over the book as I was p- unpacking boxes here at home and I went, ah, oh, right, that's right, maybe I should uh, – should look at this again, and I went through and and realised that there was quite a few things that I could ask Tony, and uh, and I really made an effort as I have in the past to try and ask questions from a different angle. Um, I really wanted to get some perspective from Tony, and and uh, just. Get some uh, some life lessons from him, and I, I mentioned this towards the end of the podcast. And you guys who've been listening to this podcast for the last year, year and a half, will be well aware of my hunger to learn and and the journey that I'm on. That I don't even know what exactly what path I'm on, but I'm always out there trying to talk to different people and and learn and grow and be a better person. So I really went in with that approach with Tony because. Tony's done a, done a number of things. He's had to go through a number of adjustments in his life, um, and also with my recent fascination with writing, um, have him having uh, written a book and and as he mentions in the episode, uh, having a lot of notes over the last uh, several years, um, with many changes that have happened since the book has come out, which Tony touches on, um, has definitely uh, influenced a lot of conversation in this uh, in this episode where we talk about writing and and uh, documenting and and uh, his approach or his um, reflections of of that first book that he did write. So this is a pretty cool episode and I was very nervous going into it and uh, you might be able to pick it up to begin with but um – this was I'm really, really happy with how this turned out. And I learned a lot, and it was great to talk to tony and and hopefully i'll I'll have a chance to speak with him again at some stage down the track and and do another episode um, depending on on uh, on what happens down the track. But um, I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'll find out uh, what sort of details uh, Tony wants me to pass over, but Tony, as he mentions in the, in the podcast, he is uh, considering and putting together a website at some stage this year. That's one of his uh, 2017 goals. So, uh, you know, if uh, if you think you he can help, or you uh, or you might have some suggestions or feedback, I'm sure he'll be all ears to to get uh, some uh, some feedback from the the general public. So that's about it. I'm going to stop dribbling. And uh, if this is the first time that you've listened to this podcast, uh, I'm very very happy that. Uh, you've made the effort to download this and listen to me ramble on hopefully haven't fast forwarded because I'm about to kick into this episode but thank you very much and uh this is a great one to to get started with with uh, my podcast itself and uh, I hope you stick around for future episodes and go back and listen to the old ones as well and for all you guys that have been listening from day dot thank you so much and enjoy here we go Tony Barber Tony Eddie how you doing good thanks Fantastic. All right, well, I'm just going to dive straight into it and um, I won't take up too much of your time. This has been a bit of an interesting one for me. I thought, oh, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if Tony would be interested in having a chat. So it's been it's been really good that uh, that you've taken the time to, to sit down and have a quick chat to me. No problems. I read, I read your book last year and there's been... Quite a few things that I've picked out of it that either I've been able to relate to in my own life, or I've um, seen different things that to sort of linked into what you've been through over the years. And I just wanted to get a bit more of your perspective and and just try and link a few things together, if possible. Sure. Okay. I
1: think what you should also know is that I've sort of I've got another maybe book and a half in notes um, because. Uh, everything, everything sort of changed for me in about uh, twenty nine, ten. Yeah, uh, when I lost my wife Helen, hmm. and um, and then you know moved on. So uh, that's been you know the last sort of uh, seven, seven or eight years. <laughs> book on its own, actually.
0: Absolutely. Have you got plans to, to put that stuff out later on? When you
1: yeah, yeah I've, right? got, I've got notes and um, and bits and pieces. But, you know, so far I've been so busy living it.
2: Yeah, of course. I, I haven't had a
1: chance to uh, document it. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I had a... I had a moment here in uh, with my notes that I've written to talk to sure. you about writing in general, and um, it'll probably sure. tie into what you're going through at the moment with you know collating your notes and working mm. out when the right time is and when you feel it's it's well when you feel it's the best time to. to to, yeah. to put it out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll get to that in a moment. My background or my grandfather migrated over here from Scotland in the late, well, I think it might have been the late 40s. Uh, yeah. So it would have been just after the Second World War. So I know True. that your family were from Northern England. Exactly. Yeah. Same time. And and about the same time as well. Yeah. So, and I know that I'm just reading some of your memories of growing up and, and obviously migrating here and trying to find your feet and find your way and whatnot, obviously a massive, although we're, we're all sort of Westerners in the global sense, it's still a different culture and, and a community that they have to get used to and try and find your way.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah and,
0: absolutely. And, and with my grandfather, my grandfather is the traditional Scot. Very. um, He didn't like conversation too much. Mm. (laughs) He was uh, was a man of few words, um, a a kind person, but but very hard, and and worked and lived a hard life as well. So it was very difficult growing up to have a conversation, or even to try and learn the types of things that he had to go through when he migrated here, because he started the family once he was in Australia, whereas you came over
1: as a child
0: with your family. You already had a family established.
1: Well, well, the Scots are a conservative uh, lot. Anyway, you know, even at home, they're not not—they're not that sort of um, uh, voluble. You know, they don't sort of open up mm. too much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Did, did, did you find, I mean, I, cause I, especially now, I guess it's always been like that over the years where people talk about migrants coming to Australia and it's always in the news and especially now and whatnot. You having lived it growing up as a child coming here, I mean, obviously there would have been some tough moments of, Having to transition and and be so far away from from your oh, roots, sure. yeah, yeah. it Was there any particular moments or or at at times well, when you had to go through?
1: And I can actually sometimes it takes. There's two or three um, sort of uh, touchy points sort of come together, and I can remember distinctly. The, it was it was the first sort of playground fight mm. I ever had, and. Um uh, I'd said something to some kid, some kid had said something to me, but I can remember distinctly um my dad was in hospital with um you know in i don't think they have many more it was something called a double cleansy it was a really serious sort of throat ailment, and um another was all upset, you know they'd gone to school that day and uh so you know, I didn't take kindly to something this kid said about uh, you know sending you up for the way you talked or something. Mm, mm. So I beat the crap out of him, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, um, but you know, generally speaking, um, I think I think as children we're 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 sort of we're, you are a little bit bulletproof, you know. Mm you sort of haven't learnt that much to be too sensitive or offended. So you just sort of, you bounce off and um, if you've got a couple of mates in the playground or the neighbours, kids, you know, you, you're just off and into it. And I think, I think that's probably pretty much the same for, um, you know, say, Palestinian refugees, kids, apart from anything else. They pick up the language so quick. You know, they really do. They become you know, part of the scene really quickly. I mean, there's an incentive to do that. Of course. Because if, if you don't, that's when you do get it. <laughs> Sink yeah. or swim. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So so you probably, from your perspective, it probably would have been a lot harder for your parents um, so to speak, to to adjust when they came here more so than yourself because you're a lot more adaptable to your surroundings.
1: Sure, except that um, they both worked, you know, they were working class people. My old man was a bricklayer and mum had worked in England, I think in cotton mills, you know, in Lancashire. And she went straight, I think she went to work in the west in a in biscuit factory called Mills and Wares. He was on the job almost the day we landed with trowel in hand. You know, he was off and running. And I, again, I think the, the, the sooner you get into a work situation or any group activity, you're sort of home and hosed a bit.
0: I guess you sort of, you prove your your worth and
1: and your value to
0: to other people around you. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, my mother was terribly homesick, that's why. Mm. That's why we did the rebound and it was quite... Uh, it was quite the thing that happened quite a lot with the um, post war migration who was yeah let 's get away from this place let 's go mm. then ho- homesickness set in <laughs> let 's go back, but you 've seen enough of you know the, the, the quality of life and the availability of food and everything i mean england England was still sort of rationing mm. till the end of the early fifties yeah. So out here, it was like Wonderland, you know, it was paradise, really was paradise. But they did have that homesickness, and so there was a lot of that rebound, you know, out, back, oh, Right. Yes, <laughs> that's
0: where we belong. Oh, absolutely. And, I, I mean, just given your, your means of communication, the way that you had to travel to get here as well, the distance would have seemed so much further than what it feels like for people these days with the different communication that you
1: have. Oh, look. Um, It's it's almost akin probably to interplanetary travel if you go back to those days. And even more, interestingly enough, um, I mean, that was sort of, that's pretty modern or postmodern. But I did did a bit of television for some people, you know, a a little bit of um, documentary television on Norfolk Island and the graves of convict who'd uh, been... Mm. and died there, and, and these tragic sort of gravestones, 20-something-year-olds, and I just, you know, what a way to end up because they they really, they, may, they must have thought they were on the surface of the moon. Oh, absolutely. You know, in those days... Yeah.
0: Pol- polar opposites to the northern hemisphere where they where they've come from and and getting on that boat and on that ship and then just realizing that um you know they're, they're yeah. never coming back
1: exactly yeah
0: incredible i tell you what we we're, we're pretty lucky in hindsight when everyone yeah. when you complain yeah. about your day-to-day uh, problems yeah. it's yeah.
1: And, you know, don't start on uh, sort of medical advances either <laughs> oh, that's right absolutely yeah, yeah
0: definitely yeah I've, I've always been fascinated with um, with earlier generations of migration out here and um, I'm now married and my wife's background is Italian so her grandparents came over mm. here from Italy and they had to go through similar uh, adjustments but it would have been different again because there would have been more distinctive differences in culture. Oh, and yeah. So it's um, it's always just been a fascinating thing especially having a grandfather who, who did come over after the Second World War and just trying to yeah. piece together a bit of understanding of what, what people had to go through and just sort of just have to Get moving And just just Do whatever you can To to stay afloat
1: Well it's interesting You mention Italians Because um, My early schooling In the convent In Fremantle Mm. And the Christian brothers In Fremantle Uh, there was an enormous uh, percentage of Italian kids because the Italian migration was the same. Mm. And they had, you know, every bit as hard as it was for English-speaking migrants. Mm. I mean, they were really behind the eight ball uh, with the language and the customs were even tighter. Yeah. So they they struggled I mean the brothers really you know, they didn't hold back. Yeah. On these poor boys. you know I used said I used to feel terribly sorry for these kids cuz you, know, you, you I mean you you were in trouble anyway because you you know you really couldn't handle the workload because you didn't have the language. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah they could make cop keeps.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. we're always talking about um, the past and the history and the way that people have been treated and different groups and whatnot. And and mm. you sort of and when you watch it on the news and you see various stories about it, you're sort of disconnected from it. But I guess when you, for, well, for yourself, you've had firsthand experience seeing others um, go through it and, and yourself yeah. to a degree. But um, and then for me, being connected to family that have have gone through it as well, it's um, sure. it just makes it makes it such. Such more of a reality yeah
1: yeah well, i mean it 's a universal it 's a universal difficulty um, that if you 've got an established population and it 's infringed upon by outsiders mm. there's always you know those those friction points um and and that
0: can be hard for kids, especially and I think I think now with. Uh, and and you're familiar well familiar with social media these days and and the internet and connecting to to different people I think I mean it's it's far from perfect and we're a, I don't think we'll ever get to a, a point where everybody will completely get along and be happy but there's definitely more of an open mind approach to understanding that even though you're from a different background we've all got the same wants and needs and sure yeah yeah so Absolutely. Yeah. So, th- so we are we are progressing. We might be yep. progressing slowly, but we're 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 moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Getting there. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I'm, I'm going to jump over the, all over the place a little bit with you, but um, sure. another thing that I'm really fascinated about um, your career and moving in so many different facets of uh, media and the entertainment industry over the years, um, starting out in radio and then sort of over time moving into, um, uh, into TV and whatnot, um, I just get the sense along the way that you've had to, and you wrote this in a couple of places in in your last book where you had to sort of almost not reinvent yourself but just redefine yourself to try and ensure that you're staying ahead of the pack um, to try and, I mean, when you, especially when you've had to go for a career change and, and change uh, a change of environment and sometimes there was an unexpected change and you've really had to sort of dig deep and I think now people talk about, um, freelance work and everything these days is such a big hot topic, and people are losing jobs and whatnot. And it yeah. I, it, it gets talked about quite a bit, but I think it's always been there. And you've seemed to oh, be yeah. someone that's that's had to had to go through these stages, like a lot of other people, of course. But um, mm. h- how did you have to approach each time when when you had that next chapter, where whether it was unexpected or you did see it coming to an end, you had to go to that to that next
1: stage? Well, I mean, uh, that's the it's the sort of it's the nature of the entertainment business to seek the novel, you know, the the novel, the the, the um, whatever it is that's a hit that at that time, mm. or whatever the mores are in terms of personality, etc. I mean, I um, I think I, I was I was always very lucky to have that um, singing bow. Of course, that's you right. Know, yeah bring up my bow or whatever they call it. <laughs> I am, um, um, because, you know, you could always, I could always sort of get a couple of one-nighters in a hotel or a club or a regular gig sort of comparing and singing, uh, such as the one at Spelson's in Sydney. And it was a, it was, so it was not only a sort of the security of that, of being able to, to do that, but... um. Also, the experience. um, I I used to call it. um, You know, when when they train soldiers for serious serious training for war, they get to a stage where they actually practice with. Live ammunition, and that I, I just always felt that I had that um, uh, an analogy of that in that I was being paid to do uh, various types of work that enabled me to improve myself and, and to have a, to always have an audience. Yeah. I mean the thing the thing is, um, you know, entertain people. You to have people in front of you and and work on it and know what their responses are and know how to. Um, you know how to cater to that, mm, etc. Mm. So I think I was very lucky in yes. that regard. Oh, absolutely! And, and I, I think, and the contrast, I believe, which is why you know I was talking to someone the other day in the business. Someone we did a we did a promotion or something from nine. But I said, um, you know, we were so lucky to have our careers when we had them because, uh, and certainly in terms of television, you know, it was still emerging and you emerged with it and you were literally allowed to grow on the job. Mm. I mean, nowadays, if you don't sort of get up there and hit big time straight off, the, the caravan moves on, Yeah, you
2: know? Yeah, that's
1: right. It's yeah. so much more difficult. Yeah, absolutely, and and um, you can't you can't just be you yeah. can't just you can't really be promising anymore. You see, so you realise, well, oh, this kid shows promise. Let's give you know, let's look, take him under our wing, and do a bit of thing. But nowadays, I think they just get um, you know, you're either a hit or a miss.
0: That's, that's exactly right. And I yeah. I remember because. Um, a lot of I guess the last 10 or 15 years of my life have been um, in the music side of things so I, I, I perform I play in a band and and yep. tour it around the world and across the country and whatnot and um, I certainly see similar things in music as as what you've ex- just described as well mm. where years and years ago you would get you know a record label that would sign an, an artist and they would develop that artist over a series of albums yeah. and releases over 10 or 15 years now you've got a pretty much have the hit ready to go and if you don't have it then that's it you're, yeah. you're gone and and the way that people consume music these days they, they'll listen to something for 10 or 20 seconds and they'll flick to the next song because you know mm. <laughs> they don't want to learn to get to get used to the songs yeah. or the or the album or whatnot, so it's it's similar and I guess it's similar in a, in a whole range of industries in general, where it's just you know people want things straight away and they don't want to wait and they don't want to, sure. don't don't want things to grow. So yeah, mm. I, I hear you absolutely. Very lucky to to go through that uh, that period of time in, in that uh, that particular industry. Mm. Yeah, um, I always think so. Anyway, yeah, yeah, definitely. And and what you said before as well about you know, whether it be, um, you know, performing or, um, you know, in front of the camera or behind the microphone doing radio and whatnot, whatever you were doing wasn't just so much to just to ensure that money was coming in. I mean, of course, that was an important thing, but it was also to upskill yourself to ensure that you remain versatile and and multifaceted, which, which um, I think a lot of people forget about, that they're so consumed about just trying to get money in, they're not worried about what they're learning or potentially what they could learn doing the job.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's also, see... So There's also the question of um, just general behavior. You know, you really, you also have to learn how to deal with people and how to. You know, how to be prepared to, you know, turn the other cheek and accept <laughs> criticism and, you know, um, all those uh, the sort of things almost sound like old-fashioned things, but just the, the manners of the business, you know, and what's, what's
0: expected. Well, I think it's still there and a lot of people probably forget about it because... You know, we're so used to not talking face to face with people, or even over yeah. the phone. We're we're used to just sending sending text messages and, and yeah. talking on the internet
1: and whatnot. So, um, I'll give you I'll, actually, I'll give you an illustration. Yeah, when we were recording five shows a day, of sale. Um, you know, with with the uh, I went, I had the the great joy of four really, well, three or four different hostesses. Well, Hosts mm-hmm. that I worked with, and um, I, I won't give you the name, but at one stage, one of them it started to be very you're recording five shows, you know. So, you yeah. have a, you do the show, you have a break, you get changed, but then you've got to be back ready to go uh, when the whistle blows, you know, or <laughs> when the floor manager <laughs> says so.
2: Yeah,
1: and um, this one at this point wasn't was being tardy a lot. Mm. You know, quite a lot. We were waiting a lot. And so the studio audience is in place. The cameramen are in place. And I, you know, I I just wonder, I just had to take her aside. I said, listen, you've got to realise you're working with people, uh, the floor crew, the camera crew, all those people who are there doing their job, ready to play, ready to do it. And they're earning just a small fraction of what you're earning. <laughs> and they, you know, they all know that you're getting plenty. And all you've got to do is go and put a dress on and get that hair put right back in position. So you you have to be there. You've mm-hmm. got to be there. Yeah. And it's really, um, I, I think one of, the, one of my great uh, background pluses was my time at the Naval College and in the service because you realise that punctuality is the soul, the heart and soul of, Everything. And really, it is in show business too. Anything where something's got to get to air at a certain time, or you would know, newspaper, deadlines, yeah. whatever. It's got, it, you've just got to be there. And again, that was something I learned not in the business. But you know, growing into the business. But I was able to apply it, and it, it sounds really, you know, oh Tony was terrific. He was always on time. But it is you get a reputation for these things. Never late. He's never late.
0: It's, it sounds so small, but it has such a big impact because they know you're reliable. They can rely. Oh, it's on... It's
1: huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and that's the thing. It's the the sum the sum of those total small things mm. all adds to the business.
0: Oh, absolutely. Did you? I mean, just. Not so much on that example, but it just made me think about you would have had to have worked alongside or, um, been, uh, in the vicinity of, of many different people, of many different personalities and, and attitudes and whatnot, uh, for you, and I've always seen you, and this is from the outside, of course, um, as somebody that's extremely versatile socially, who's able to pick up a conversation very quickly and, and adapt to different personalities and whatnot. And I think that's obviously what's made you a great host over the years and done all the things that you've done. But for you, have you come across or had those situations where you've been either working with somebody or um, whether it's an audience member or anybody that um, has been very difficult or very short you're not getting much out of them but you need to try and pull more out of that person have you had those experiences I
1: must say um, you know there's always a bit of a joke between me and the the production staff at Grundy's because they would go to enormous lengths to select the contestants Mm. you know but no matter how hard they tried, uh, once every mm, you know five or six shows, you get someone who, a, uh, wasn't very good with the, with the with the questions and the answers, <laughs> and b, um, the personality wasn't there yeah. or their ability to relax and be themselves wasn't there, you know. And and I, but I I would I never you know I used to then work terribly hard on trying to elicit or make them more comfortable mm. in commercial breaks and so forth. You do know, have a chat. But you've got to be very careful with that because you don't want to put them... You don't want to sort of make it obvious that they're not... They're not cutting through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, so, you know, it's very difficult. That's that's sort of at that level. Hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, when I, when I got into the business, I was, um, uh, you know... I sort of moved pretty rapidly early on, um, and and God, you know, I found myself doing things like like a telethon, and sitting in the in the green room waiting for, to go on with all sorts of people who were just big, who were big names to me, and and Graham Kennedy was there one mm. one time, yeah, and. Um, so, there was a lot of anecdoting going on. People were telling stories. And what about the time? And, you know, and, um, and I sort of, I was attempting to be part of it. Oh, I remember it, And then someone else had come over the top of me. Someone, <laughs> and Graham, in front of everybody, actually, Graham said, Tony, let me tell you something. If you're going to be in this it's just, when you start talking, just talk loudly. And don't stop, <laughs> or no pastor will ever listen to you <laughs>
0: that's some that's some good advice
1: <laughs> and it's like uh, it's like that yeah you know, I often think you could, you could write a marvellous uh, play about, you know, the green room, the, the back
0: room for people. Well, just with so many personalities and everybody's yeah. sort of that that extrovert in a way that, and, and as you said, everyone's trying to get their voice yeah. across and whatnot, so it'd be very competitive in, in, oh, yeah. in some ways. Well, in
1: and, those days, you know, with, with me... I was a bit. I was a, I was a bit like a sort of a puppy trying to play with the big dogs
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, Trial by fire. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It's um, I've. I mean, I I see it and just. I mean, I think everybody does when you when you go into the workforce or when you're um, earlier in in childhood and just having to deal with different people and you just, no matter how much you try to associate with people that are like-minded and similar personalities, you're always going to have to be exposed to people that just don't see eye to eye with you or have a completely different uh, set of values or personalities or whatnot. And um, you have to be very very uh, versatile you have to adapt to, to the situation and mm. try and try and find some sort of common link there and and something that you can you can if there's a task at, at hand that needs to be done just whatever it takes to get it over the line
1: it's a bit of a contradiction actually because on the one hand you want to sort of listen and learn on the other hand you want to be taken seriously so <laughs> yes yeah. sort of, yeah, it's, it's it's difficult you can easily be torn.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I guess it, I mean the only thing that's really, really going to help is just time, really experience and oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, making making a fool of yourself multiple times, but eventually, yeah. eventually, it all falls into place.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, interestingly enough, the um when I left Perth for the big move east, um I used to work with the soul band leader Ron Jenkins. You know, and yeah. I, I was the the band, Pruner and now I was going over east to try and, you know, make a name for himself, And uh, so it was a move forward, And but he said, uh, you know, uh, we had a bit of a party the night I sort of left the gig for the last time. He said, now, you just remember... He said, "You're off and running now. You're going off to this different life." "Just remember, you're going to meet the same, You meet the same people on the way down that you met on the way up. <laughs> <laughs> so just remember that
0: oh, when you're
1: going up."
2: <laughs> and Don't I, always, you know, I always used
1: to think about that. Yeah. You know so be polite. Be, you know, be punctual.
0: <laughs> it's it's common sense things, but then sometimes they're not
1: very common with a lot of people. That's right. Yeah. yeah in- well, it's it's such that's what I mean about it being a contradictory business. Yeah. Because on the one hand, you you know you're meant to be um, a, a little bit of the shining star. You're meant to be out there. Um, uh, on the other hand you're in a working situation where you've got to fit in with other people.
0: You would have had to build quite a bit of resilience to deal with, with, I guess, different egos and different personalities, but also... Because you're either in front of a camera or on a stage, and and you're and you're associating yourself with these people that are the extroverts and all trying to do similar things to what you're doing, um, you're. I, I would assume that you're constantly being judged by people around you. You're being compared to other people. So I'd assume that you'd have to get some thick skin very, very quickly, uh, in in an industry
1: like like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think there's less danger in that than being too overawed. Yeah. You know, it's because early on it's easy to look and, and just think, God, I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to do that. How, how, how can they do that? Look at him sitting there doing that cracking and gags. <laughs> I remember when I got, I got the, the, you know, my first sort of radio thing was... Um, 6G Geraldton, Mm -hmm. you know, did the audition, had the voice, did the thing, got the gig. And this is 300 miles north of Perth. Mm -hmm. And I went in to the studios and the boss said, you will you'll be starting in afternoons next Monday, but come in. Uh, uh, We've got one of our top... uh, Vic McCabe's on air at the moment. He's doing morning... And coming and these are the days before cartridges and all sorts of things that made radio announcing certainly a bit easier because mm. in those days you had five turntables <laughs> so and the the commercials were on a sort of extended play forty fives and you know that the needle in the right one ready to go queued up that, that tape recorder behind you with something else on it, microphone switch in front of you, you know. <laughs> so here's this guy, you know, doing it all and working, you know, like a one arm paper hanger. And <laughs> having something having something terrific to say all the time or smoothly. And I just I just looked at it and I just thought I, was, I, I almost cried. I was almost going to say, look, I think I've, i think I put my foot in the field. <laughs> <Made laughs> I did not know going to be like this. <laughs> but I, I sort of, I didn't. I just said, I said, is there another studio? You know, we're going to just practice some of the things. She said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a few hours before you go on. <laughs> but it was just, it was, you know, almost horrifying to, uh, to to think and just say, I could never, ever do that. I'll never be able to do that. Anyway, within, you know, three or four days, off you go. You, you've got it. And, um, quite a nice feeling of accomplishment, actually.
0: It's um, I guess it's like a lot of things in life. A lot of people will put something off for, for years or, or put it off indefinitely uh, because they feel it's too difficult or too yeah. beyond their means. And then once you actually... Get started, which is usually the hardest thing. Sure. It, it's it's never as bad as what you've uh, well, what you've made up to I
1: mean, be. Look, look at the simple things like swimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> some people never learn to swim yeah, because they say, "I right. oh, can't, I won't, I don't." <laughs> it's funny because we've got we've got all the grandkids here at the moment, and they have got a program, it's a terrific program called uh, Little Nippers. Yep, and um, the local surf club. You know, it's not there's as much surf here, but they take them out in, in in classes, you know, and they've got a you know, running on the beach to collect flags and,
0: and do things, and it's, it's fantastic Really, That's it. Start them, start them young while they're, um, as you said before, with being a oh. your kid, you, you're a lot more adaptable and you don't have those those fears. You just yeah. you just just dive into it, literally. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one other question I've got, and I'll, I'll take this full circle back to... What you were talking about right at the start of um, our chat about notes and writing and and um and all these notes that you've got now for you know, a book that at some stage you'll you'll put out down the track. But um one thing that I did notice was the the last book that you put out you had at the beginning of the book um a little bit of a foreword um where you were it was dated at ni- in 1990 and you're writing it writing that at a particular period in time. And I think just when you're leaving sale and you're sort of yeah. having to find your feet again and whatnot. And then obviously the book didn't come out. It wasn't first published until 2001. So there's a long, yep. a long time in between and I may have missed this. So I'll, I'll please forgive me if uh, if you didn't note it in the book, but was there a particular reason um, that it took that long? Was it because you were still living, living it as you mentioned just earlier on? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. I was, I was still, well, the, the thing, when I left um, nine, the big thing was, you know, your whole life, I mean, you, the, our um, our sort of existence was based on um, that rather terrific income package, yeah. which wasn't there. Mm. So I sort of determined that um, I would do everything in my power to replace that mm. You know, somehow, and it just meant sort of doing a hell of a lot of work, you know? yeah. a lot of interstate trips, a lot of. So it was a period of uh, uh, of really, you know, um, moving about and getting stuck right into it. So yeah. yeah. So definitely, definitely living
0: it at that time. Just living so, it, yeah. yeah. Oh it, yeah. It's um. I think writing in general for me is something that only just recently has started to click with me. I, I or even just the the process of recording your own thoughts and experiences and whatnot, and um, and when I saw the period of time between when you'd started thinking about it and whatnot back in nineteen ninety, and then obviously the book not coming out for yeah. another eleven years, um, there's a there's a there's a feeling of reassurance for me in my life that. You don't have to run and race to try and get something done asap. And sometimes, if you if you chip away at things and whatnot, you'll get a better result. And it's no, it's just it's a marathon. It's not a race.
1: And oh sure, yeah, sure. Also, yeah, yeah, and you've got to be you got to be a little bit in the mood, you know. Was, yeah, of course. It was certainly it was fits and starts with me, and then I'd think of something else that I wanted. So you know, you open up the files. I think fortunately. Uh, my timing was good technically because um, uh, because of uh, computers and, and word, mm. you know, and the ability to self self correct and self edit without too much um, too much fuss, you know. Yeah,
0: definitely. So definitely, uh, but, I, but I found
1: I found there was a lot of um lot of sort of I did it compartmentally.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did. Did you find when he got to, the, I guess, the final stages of that, because, um, you know, it's 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 more or less an autobiography and you've gone through various, um, touched on various stages of, of your life from right from day dot to, to that at that point. Um, you said the other day, I noticed you were online and you said that you were reading Jimmy Barnes's uh, new book. Yeah, and you made a comment about some of the stuff that he was writing about it from his childhood and and whatnot. Mm. And you really, I guess, from somebody that and you would no doubt be able to relate to this that somebody that just when you're writing with the purpose of, I guess, at some stage it being published, you're really putting yourself out there. You you're 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 taking down any shields, and you're really making sure well people will discover who you are and the essence of who you are. Sure. Is it, Was that something leading up to when that book was finally coming out? Was there any, I don't know, what was the feelings? Was it, Was it? there? Were you anxious or were you sort of relieved or were you excited that finally it
1: was? No, I, I was just, um, I was more concerned about that. Uh, I had a really good editor assigned mm. to me and I used to run stuff past her all the time um oh, Hazel, Hazel, something on like it. Um, and um, but she, the thing is, with with the, with the biographical, with the autobiography, mm. it's it's your voice. Yeah. And she, after the first couple of chapters, she said, "Now this is great. This this is your voice." She, she said, "Don't change the voice." Because you grow up, because the, you know more things happen, different things happen. You know, keep that sort of uh, tenor the same through it, um, I, which was terrific advice. But what I found was that um, uh, the um, those early years were um, not so much happens, so you can sort of linger over, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, you know, like the ship leaving Southampton, you know, you can linger over scenes longer, because there aren't so many scenes. Yeah, of course, you know? of course. We came to Australia, I went to school, and, uh, but, um, and you can pick things out and, and colour them in. But what, what you find then, because it, it does become a bit, and then, and then, and then, and then, it's becoming so quick, <laughs> you know, it's that you, you you really have to be circumspect about uh, the scenes that, that are worth filling in.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: of course. Did you find it therapeutic? Well, that was the advice that I that I was given. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. Did you find it therapeutic at all to be able to... Yeah, like, get, oh, get absolutely. Out?
1: Yeah. I think cathartic is the usual yep. expression. Yes, yep, absolutely. But it is. I mean, you think that, that's it. Um, depending on what sort of life you've led or what, where, you've been, where you've been and what you've been doing, um, it, it it can sort of flash, flash past. You don't... You have know, this opportunity to be too reflective and um and i found i found it was great it was a very um sort of like self-analysis mm. to to go back and and you can see i can see exactly where you know i went a bit wrong or i went a bit sort of too hasty or whatever so yeah it's it's a very good experience
0: it's um it's something that i've always thought about because i guess for a lot of people when you when you look at biographies or autobiographies that they're written for or from people that um, are, are well known they're either celebrities or they've achieved greatness whichever interpretation of that like would that be but um, I my sort of thoughts on it is that it's probably something that everybody should do at some stage in their life and probably once you you've, you've, you've Experienced a a, a large degree of life, not not writing your memoirs when you're uh, when you're eighteen years old, but 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 I think it's as you said uh, to be able to have that uh, that moment or that chance to be able to reflect and then digest and sort of look back and understand things
1: in hindsight now. Yeah, oh, I couldn't agree more, and, and that's the great you know people always say, oh, there's a book in that, there's a book in that. Um, I think there's probably a book in everybody's life, mm. you know, because it, uh, the, the the most um, the most humble sort of um, maybe nondescript in one sense um, does have things happening. I mean, people have things mm. happening. Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's um it's something that uh, has been sitting in my mind quite a bit. Uh, over the last probably year or so where even something from a journaling point of view and just writing down thoughts or recording things and such like the podcast that I do, um, this podcast, and just documenting things along the way. And it's not so much that you do it for the... The, goal, the end goal to collate it together for some sort of published document or anything like that. It's just to leave like a, whether it be a digital or a, or a, a physical footprint along the way of, of your life sure. and, and your thoughts and perspectives at different stages because, as you've mentioned before, like it, things constantly change all the time as you as you meet new people and have different experiences. Uh, you, your life goes well, in a number of directions. Well,
1: it's interesting you hit on that because, um, you know, you, you mentioned my Facebook activity, which is actually, it's it's a bit of a bone of contention. (laughs) 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 I thought that, that, that bloody Facebook again. (laughs) Uh, But, I I see my, um, my ambition for this year is towards the end of the year to establish uh, a site, a website. Mm. Uh, So, I'm trying to get into the, um, into the habit of of just sort of seeing how this Facebook, thing, you know, just become more savvy with the uh, the medium generally, because yeah. uh, it is a medium. I mean, it's, it's it's almost like like having your own radio show. Except I mean, it is. You've got an
0: audience there. That's Daily sure. newspaper
1: or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm sort of learning as I go.
0: Well, I did notice the other day um, you you made a post saying that um, you just uh, signed up for Instagram and you're underway with Instagram. And I thought, oh, there you go, you're, you're branching out into into yeah. some of these oh. other mediums.
1: I had a look at, but that I mean that was almost force of circumstance because um, the kids and and the grandkids even are all on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, that seems to be, I don't know, I, I haven't really worked out, is it a sort of a classier Facebook? Is it a different sort of Facebook? <laughs> more, more. It's more, it's more pictorial, it I is. noticed that. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. It's, um, it's very much, I think, with Facebook where you can, if you want to, you can write a long essay of your opinions and thoughts and whatnot, or you can write a quick one-liner. With, yeah. it, with Instagram, you're forced to convey messages through pictures and illustrate. yeah. 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 So it's, mm-hmm. it's quite good. I mean, I think initially it started out as a, as a website that people would take pictures of their food. <laughs> and it was, a, yeah. it, was a, it was about as, as deep as that and over time people use it for their travel photos and yeah. and, and just their day-to-day happening so sometimes it's quite interesting to follow certain people because you can see stuff that would normally be very mundane and boring ends up being quite interesting you know they'll take mm. a photo of them you know at the supermarket or they're going off to do something you know, they're at a restaurant or they're interacting with different people day- to-day business yeah. and, um, and it's just it's almost like a candid look into somebody's life and I guess that's what Facebook sure. can be
1: like as well. So it, it can yeah, be good it, and it can it, be bad. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is, it's, I mean, it's such a such a terrific tool. I mean, um, um, my wife's got uh, five children. Mm. Each, each of them has three or four children. Yeah. Some of whom are getting quite grown up now, even the grandchildren, mm. and uh, they're spread around a bit. And... Uh, so even just the thing of um, um, informing, and um, I mean it started as a joke. Oh, the only the only time I ever hear from someone is on Facebook. But once, <laughs> I mean once you start, you're probably having more communication than you've had the previous ten years.
0: Oh, absolutely. Without Facebook. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's funny because yeah. I've I've got my mum on Facebook and. I will get messages or every once in a while we'll have a phone conversation and she'll start bringing up things that I've said or done on Facebook and she can see what I'm doing. I'm going, how did you know about that? And I go, oh, that's right. She's she's stalking me on Facebook. So, but it's quite good because sometimes you, especially for, I guess, um, you know, a younger person with a parent or a grandparent, you um, trying to express themselves or explain what they like and what they don't like can be difficult when you're tr- still trying to find your way. And sometimes mm. something like Facebook or Instagram where you're, you're, you're doing it in an in a indirect way, it, it it still passes that message on and people can understand uh, yeah. and connect a lot better. So it can be used in a lot of good ways. And at the same time, it, it can be a severe time waster as well. So it's, it's a, oh, yeah. a love-hate relationship with it. Sure. Yeah. But they know you're safe. That's right, absolutely yeah, that's right i there's many times where I've had uh friends that have gone overseas and, and haven't contacted their their parents in weeks, and the parents aren't jumping up and down because they're just watching them on Facebook, and that's it yeah <laughs> so it's it's definitely a different a different time as to what it was years ago where you have to go and find a phone card and try and find a a phone to to dial yeah. dial fifty numbers to try and get your get your parents' home phone back at home, yeah, nightmare,
1: yeah mm.
0: absolutely um so. With with writing now, and as I said, I'm, I'm really interested in um, just whatever facet it is, whether it actually be writing for a book or for something, an article, or um, recording you know, thoughts and whatnot. And you've you mentioned right at the start where you've got a whole series of notes, and obviously another um, dramatic chapter of your life has has come since the the last book was um, put out. Um, and you did mention in passing as well that you're you're still kind of living through or you have been living through a lot of this, which is why nothing you know you haven't got another book out yet. What's sure. the what's your approach now as to where you're currently at, and do you see that there's something in the near horizon, or is it something that you're still in the process of still trying to get together your thoughts and write things well, down?
1: I think I'm 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 starting to be um, without. Uh, without being too much of a an apostle or a disciple,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm starting to pick up on the need for um, the aging person to be more and better represented in... Uh, uh, well, on Facebook or on in in places, mm, mm. you know. I think there's uh, there's been in in we were talking about this the other day here you know, around the dinner uh, I'm coming up for seventy seven, uh, and you know septuagenarians generally, we have had a bit of a dream run. Mm. Missed the Second World War. Too young for Vietnam, mainly. Mm. Um, And and then all these wonderful technical developments that make life easier. Um, Generally speaking, certainly in Australia, um, great quality of life, good, um, you know, pretty... Good across the board um, wage, um, you know the opportunity to earn money if you work. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I was. I think we've had a we've had a pretty good run. Um, so, yeah, the question is, how do you give back? You know, um, I had many years with the, the Variety Club, which it ter- you know a, I'm, I'm still a member mm. but I mean it's a terrific uh, it's a terrific concept you know to help handicapped and um, sort of impoverished, not impoverished but um, you know, kids that do it hard mm-hmm. especially in a city and so forth yeah um, and you know it's it's that sort of the element of, of service and giving something back. At the same time, I'm also aware that uh, my energy stocks are, uh, I wouldn't say rapidly depleting, but they're sort of... <laughs> they're, they're in uh, slight, slow decay. So, you know, it's just balancing your, yourself out and still hoping to do some good. Mm. Um and I think the probably the best way to, to do that is uh, on a local, on a local basis. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm just looking at a few things around this neck of the woods mm. that I can do. But but generally speaking, you know, I want to I want to sort of show some sort of good example to the the um, the littleies coming along.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think
1: and yeah, sorry. Keep um, yeah, keep. Body and soul together. <laughs> that's right. But I think, you know, the, the, people are always saying, oh, geez, if you, you know, you've got to, keep, got to keep active. You've got to keep the brain active, I'm sure of that. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think Facebook is a really good thing mm, mm. for that. And, computer, you know, computing generally. Yeah, now we can just make the bloody television work. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry.
0: I think a lot of us have that same uh, problem ourselves, anyway. So it's it's not. Uh, I don't think it's age defined. I think um, I think a lot of us have uh, yeah. uh, frustrations with technology on a daily basis. But it's um it's interesting, and I hope that uh, at some point in the future, where the time feels right for you, that you will put out, uh, you know, the next. The next period of your life in, in written mm. form. And I think from my perspective, and, and I'm 32, so I guess in the grand scheme of things, I'm still relatively young and, and inexperienced. And I think the biggest thing that I find with myself and people roughly around my age, probably the 20s and the 30s, is that everyone's searching for some form of wisdom or perspective. And, you, <coughs> and I'm sure you probably would have gauged a little bit of that from me just with the types of questions that I've been sure. asking you. And one thing that I didn't get a lot of, I guess, from um, like my grandfather just because of the relationship and whatnot is not getting that life perspective as to the life lessons and whatnot. Uh, some of them, I did get some good lessons from him growing up, but they were delivered in a very blunt, blunt and, and forceful way. But uh, it was... It's always something that I'm searching for, and I know a lot of friends in in similar circles um, are always looking for that new perspective or something that, especially for somebody that's that's been through everything. And and when you're, I guess, when you're a teenager, you think that you know everything, and mm. and your your parents or grandparents will tell you what. What is right and what's wrong, and you you disregard that because what would they know? But then once you get into your twenties and your thirties, I think you start to finally mature a little bit to understand that oh maybe we should listen a little bit to uh, some of these people that have done done a little bit more than we have. And so when I read read uh, read books and I'm sort of ingesting information and whatnot, I'm always searching for you know some sort of life lesson or a perspective or just a little bit of in, a bit of uh, learnings there that will just make me go ah maybe i maybe i can just calm down a little bit and slow down in life or maybe yeah. i need to in some parts need to give myself a, a kick up the rear end or whatever it may
1: be i think that's great i think the, and you know you've touched on it there are um, i think there are universal and ageless standards and things that, that don't change mm. and that's, you know, which is which is a good thing because that makes it easy if you get that right, you get this right yeah. on the other hand I and I, I, this is where I think the difficulty for various generations comes, see people always say well there's uh, so much change so much change the thing is there's always been change but it it used to be ever so slow. Mm. You know, the difference between um, going into town, doing some shopping, and having lunch in, uh, between 1910 and 1950, wasn't mm. that great? <laughs> but between 1950, from then on, you get this, um, the acceleration of change. Mm. The change comes more rapidly. Yeah. And that's that's what your generation that the one following mm. has to put up with it, even more so. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the the, the rapidly um, developing technology and everything, and the mores, you know, the social mores are unbelievable. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, again, we were talking about this the other night, um... Uh, the, the kids kids language could you you know <laughs> that's the old favourite. Oh, my mum would have smacked me over the back of the head for that. <laughs> you know. Um but it's it's different now. It it, it has changed. Mm. And you don't you don't notice it happening. It's happened. Mm. It's gone. Yep. <laughs> it's gone. And
0: it's funny now because um, I mean I've seen that even from when I was growing up versus now and and the time, and the way that words have changed and the things that it, it appears that people can get away with saying versus even when I was a kid and that wasn't too long ago. So it's it's it continues to change. But the funny thing that I see and I think a lot of people miss it is that I think the intention behind some words and some language changes. So a word that in the past may have been frowned upon or mm. absolutely blasphemous to say because it had, you know, the intention behind it was so severe versus that same word being said these days is said with a different type of intention, which is probably why in some circles, not all, have, has been a little bit more accepted and adapted into into everyday life. So it's, it's interesting how... Um, oh well i mean you could say we we've evolved or if some opinions it might say that we've devolved <laughs> we've gone the other way yeah. when, the way yeah yeah but it is interesting and 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 something that i always see um you know i'm always as i said before i'm always searching for Lessons and and perspective and and learnings to to be a better person and not having to wait until it's too late and go, oh geez I, I should have listened to somebody else and I should have actually taken <coughs> in a bit of my surroundings, and I'm sure that if um, for my grandfather and taking this full full circle, um, if he if he had Facebook and he was uh, sort of around where. You know this period now, where a lot of people are, are jumping on. It's not just the the younger generations that are using it. That mm. it would have been interesting to see how those perceptions and and relationships with not just me but um, entire families mm. um, with with multi generations all interacting on a completely different uh, platform, in, as opposed to what it's been in the past. So it's um it'd be interesting to see what my generation and and the generation. Um, after me, younger generation will be like when we're at an older age, and you've and who knows what the hell we're going to have to deal with as far as communications concerned. Yeah, um, yeah. and and how and whether it's going to be the same uh, teething problems, growing pains, and 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 having to adjust and communicate. But um, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what
1: happens. Yeah, but you make a you make a very good point. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter whether you're a grandparent or sort of. Four or five year old learning how to be that, mm. um, uh, that has all changed. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was so set in stone for so long. This is how you behave. You're, you know, this is what's expected of a senior member of the community. This is what's expected of a school child. This is what, and it, everybody knew what those. Uh, sort of demarcation points were, mm, mm. but they've moved the goalposts dramatically.
0: <laughs> Definitely, and I'm sure you would have seen this growing up with your parents and your grandparents, with the perception of them as being they've they've experienced everything, they know everything, yep. and they won't. They're not, and not to use the word in a in a negative context, but stubborn in the sense that. There's nothing. There's nothing more that they need to learn. They don't need to That's know right. what you're up to and what you're doing and what's interesting and what's new and whatnot. They've they've worked yep. out everything that needs to be worked out, and, and end of story. Yep. Yeah
1: and and, no, and brook, brooking no arguments. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, definitely. That's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. And even I mean I'm but sure and school teachers
0: too. Yes, by yeah. The definitely. Way. Oh, yeah. school teachers absolutely. Absolutely. And I whenever I came across somebody or as I got older and became an adult and and conversed or I had my relationship with my my parents changed because suddenly we were having conversations which wasn't just, you know, a father or a mother and son. It was Mm. more of a a, – there was more common ground. So then you started to see a different side to your parents and where they were a little bit more open-minded about things, they were Mm. trying different things and getting out there. It was almost like when – uh, my brother and myself finally moved out of home, and suddenly it looked like they'd gone back twenty years to to their early twenties and just started partying and having a great time. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I didn't know that they were like that, or, yeah. or that they were ever like that. <laughs> and so, yeah. but uh, it's it, it's interesting because we we always have these perceptions of, I guess, generations and what people what people should be or what we expect them to be, and um, it's never it's never always the case. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, on that note, on that note, on that note, thank you so much, and I won't take up uh, any more of your time. And uh, yeah, it's been really insightful just to get uh, get a bit of uh, perspective. From your side, especially uh, from the, the different stages and different facets of life that you've been in, which not a lot of people have have uh, been through, like working in the entertainment industry. So it's um it's interesting just to get get some thoughts um, from you. Enjoyed own. it, enjoyed it a lot. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Well, all the best, Tony, and uh, okay. and we'll Thanks, speak soon. Andy. Thanks, Tony. Bye, bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that uh, that really really cool chat that I've had with Tony. Uh, as mentioned, all of the. Uh, links and notes and, and whatnot will be on andysocial.net so that all the show notes will be there. And uh as mentioned to the international listeners, and I know I've got quite a few of you that tune in uh each and every week. There will be some – I'll find some good YouTube footage and um, some various uh, stuff that uh, I'll sift through on on the internet and see if I can find some things to, to put in the show notes there just so you can see a little bit of um, – it's a bit of Australian history, to be honest. I mean, television here, we were a little bit slower uh, picking it up compared to you, the United States or um, other, other um, particular countries. And um, TV up until recently has just been – a, a very standard part of life with a lot of, as, a, as with a lot of Western countries. But, um, you know, growing up for me, uh, I grew up watching *Sale of the Century*, and my parents certainly um, were heavily exposed to Tony Barber's career, and and he was definitely a part of the household for for millions of people across Australia for for decades. And uh, he's still somebody that's held in high regard and respected in in Australian culture. It's uh, it's so weird to say, but uh, he he really is an Australian icon, and. Um, And, uh, I hope that you've got something great out of that episode. And if you've never heard of Tony before and you listened to that, I hope you really enjoyed it and, and definitely reach out, as I always say to other, other, um, other podcast episodes, uh, reach out to the guests who take the time to have a chat and um, and I'm sure they'll appreciate it. As said, there's heaps of ways to support the podcast, but the best way is just to share stuff around, spread the word. And, that's, and the fact that you guys are even listening to it is support in itself. So thank you so much. Um, you can also do a rating and a review on iTunes as well. If you're using that uh, podcast app or using iTunes itself to listen to the podcast, that always helps. And uh, if you want to make contact with me, I'm on pretty much every social media platform that you can think of. I'm sure there's heaps that I'm not on, but it feels like I'm on almost all of them. Uh, So just search for Andy Dowling or Andy Social Podcast and you'll find me pretty easily. I'm always up for suggestions of people to talk to. Uh, So um, I'm doing a lot of traveling around the country this year. So I'll be uh, on the prowl for people in all capital cities. So if you have uh, suggestions of people, and not just Australians, but people overseas as well, I'm I'm always looking for um, people of all walks of life and from different industries and different stories to tell. And it doesn't have to always be about success and, and uh, achievement and, and whatnot. It's, you know, it's all about just learning from experience and sometimes people have got fantastic, actually everyone's got a fantastic story to tell. So, um, And that's part of what this podcast is all about. So enough of that. Thank you so much. Spread it around and uh, I'll have another one up next week. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.
2: You're ready.